everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the Otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbo's least chill work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Cine DA chapters 14.3 and 14.4. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know whether Lucy takes a dog of war as a familiar and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers through the chapters we are covering. All right. We're back now. Woo! Woo! <laughs> that was a really um, long break. That was a long break. I'm like, I forgot where we were. I forgot <laughs> everything. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I forgot how to podcast. I forgot how to talk. Well, get ready to listen to us learn how to podcast again. We are here and we're ready. Woo! Woo! All right. So here's my summary for the shizzle. The gang tries not to die. Flake and Green Eyes test out their fire resistance. Tiff gives a lesson on dragons. Peter carries Blake and dodges a giant. Blake escapes into a store and tries to grow wings. After some abyssal tug of war, Blake gets his wings. He performs some sweet aerial maneuvers with Evan's help. Blake ends up stabbing the giant in the forehead and cripples the dragon. Then, to no one's surprise, Blake starts falling apart. What did you think of these chapters, Malia? Yay. Um, they were a lot more distressing and emotional the first read than the second read. Because um, the first read I thought Green Eyes was dead. And the second read I was just like, God damn it, Blake. Like, <laughs> how did I not see this coming? Um, so... They were great. It was a it was a nice little mini like detour, like fight a dragon, moving on. All right, sweet. Let's get into it. The gang tries not to die. Blake and Green Eyes test out their fire resistance. I feel like your use of the gang at the beginning of this. Well, it reminds me of the Scooby Doo, the Scooby Show. I love Scooby-Doo. it. There's a lot of Scooby and, shows. Yeah, it's kind of reminding me of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but I don't oh. tend to watch that show that much. I only watch the bloopers. Which is really weird to only watch, but the bloopers are great. <laughs> Except the one time I tried to show them to a friend of mine, I didn't pick a good one. I picked one oh, I no. hadn't seen before. And it, it was just like, it was one of those things where you try to show someone and you like hype it up. And then you're watching and you're like, oh crap, this isn't that good. This isn't actually funny, you know? <laughs> but you know, it's all right. It's relatable. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like it reminds me of that prediction that I had that like green eyes and the crew we're gonna be not green eyes blake and crew we're gonna be running around at the end of the story on like a like a like a fun adventure throughout jacob's bell trying to solve the emergencies mm. and i feel like we're pretty close to that energy like you- blake's a lot less fun um <laughs> but like okay are you are you honestly trying to hear story to like the energy of scooby-doo no but i think that like it already has it a little bit no <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're like I running around Jacobsville on adventures, <laughs> running for their lives, you know? That's stretching. They're splitting up. They're coming back together. <laughs> I mean, you could also pick like any horror movie, which yeah, that's why Scooby-Doo, because it's like a playful, you know, take on horror. Where- yeah, they're not all dead yet, though. Um, like, I feel like in your standard horror movie, uh, at least like, like, most of these people still wouldn't still be here. Like maybe yeah, just Blake Evan and Green Eyes. I mean, I've never seen anyone die in Scooby Doo or get like. Well, no one's really. OK, 
okay, they've murdered people. <laughs> no, as as Blake and Alistair and Rose would all say, no one of note has died yet. <laughs> That's harsh. That's fucking harsh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Mary Laird and uh, whatever your name was, Blake's cousin. Sorry. Oh no, man. I meant in just this just this running around Jacob's Bell part. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess Callan did die. R.I.P. Um, okay, yeah, no, well, not so not fell and Laird and all them. I was thinking of the whole book. No, no, no. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You no, like, just this. Just like, this. Typing this up like uh, packed is spooky. I don't know if you can handle it. And you're like, oh, it reminds me of Scooby Doo. I still okay. For the record, <laughs> Twig is scarier than Packed. I mean, I haven't read Twig. I mean, I've read a part of Twig, and then I had to stop because of reasons. And I'm going to start again, but I'm not going to tell you the reasons. I know. I'm really worried about those reasons. Yeah. But I'm a couple of arcs in. And even in arc one, I was like, Twig is scarier than Pact. I mean, look, I didn't say that Twig, I I didn't say that uh, Pale, or I'm sorry, Pact was the scariest. Okay. I just said, I mean, maybe I did. I don't think I did. I think, but I said it's like scary. I think it'd be scarier if I hadn't read Pale because the whole time I was like, ha goblins, as opposed to like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Whereas I was the opposite because I read about <laughs> scary, terrible goblins first and was like, just waiting for the, waiting for it to hit the fan. True. Um. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, there's a dragon. There's a dragon. I think I predicted this right. No one remembers. Um. I remember something about a dragon. Yeah, I think I said that um at some point i love that evan is like this is a video game and tiff's like no it's really not and i do think it is somewhere in the middle um it's just that like in the video game you are like practically deific a lot of the time especially once you get to fighting the dragon or it's like burning pile of twigs right like these people are more like the first couple of levels or like npcs like these people are like the people who die in the video game <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, but um, that was the somewhat lighter section of this chapter because it gets really upsetting. This is oh. someone who's never played that game, but it's like if you put Scooby's gang in the middle of, of Dark Souls. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so I've also never played Dark Souls. Um <laughs> I don't like the aesthetic, but I do. Ben really, really loves all the FromSoft games or whatever they're called. And um, he, yeah, they're hard. And so he would, um, I just imagine like Shaggy and Scooby, like very cartoon, like creeping around in this like dark thing with all these like, like bonfire thingies and the, the yeah. That'd be great. I mean, Evan would fit in with them, I feel like, just because. With Shaggy know. and Scooby? I feel like it. Yeah. Vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Blake would have, but now he's sad. Yeah. I'm angry. He's angry. <sighs> Blake. Um, it is sad how just not fun Blake is, you know? And I'm not saying that in, like, I don't like Blake as a character or, like, I don't like Blake. It's just he was <laughs> fun and spunky and, like, you know, would, like, banter more. And, like, he, you know, he was, he's always been a little bit angry, but he's just so unhappy. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I guess like getting sucked into the abyss and like being turned into a boogeyman is kind of a downer. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like <laughs> very understandable and good. I feel like it's good characterization and stuff from Wild Bow that like I can really see this change in this character 
because I don't always like it's not there's not always that like distinctive like right yeah and he's he's not just constantly being like I'm so unhappy um but you just feel it you just feel how um, emotionless and angry at the same time I don't know it's it's good yeah it's like the vibes yeah vibes yeah and so it's nice having green eyes as someone who has like Com- love and compassion in her body and evan who has like fun um and the various people to play off of peter um because just blake is pretty heavy yeah like <clears throat> the eeyore you know <laughs> like just bringing yeah. back some little cartoons just to like <laughs> eeyore and rabbit in one with a big sword mm. but less anxious yeah okay who's okay <laughs> all right uh evan is rue okay so who is uh, so wait if evan's rue yeah i'm like who's Kanga? Kanga. because i'm like you almost would say that's kind of blake but 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 no maybe i mean yeah but no is... well i think i think blake was like tigger in the uh, before times because rue and tigger are like super pals they are super pals i mean yeah i can't imagine i feel like tiffany is kanga yeah i feel that okay tiffany's kanga evan's rue um <laughs> it's hard for you to see blake as being a oh rose's t- rabbit okay rose's rabbit <laughs> i can i can feel that just like who's gopher like i want to pull out these obscure oh my god is isadora owl probably not <laughs> mm. and who's christopher robin it's also hard who's poo his piglet his poo this is hard guys we need a small Robert's anxious poo? poo. It's Grandma Rose Christopher Robin. Whoa. She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she sucks. <laughs> uh, okay, we need an Alexis and um, maybe a Green Eyes. This is hard. All right, we can come back to this later if you want. <gasps> Alexis? No, Green Eyes is poo. Okay. All right. Okay, Green Eyes is poo. <laughs> she has simple needs. She wants food. She wants to be with her friends. Uh, She's not thinking about the future. She's okay. just here to have a good time. <laughs> here to have a good time. She does have a little anxious friend, though. Um. Anyway. It's okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If we could actually match it up perfectly, that <laughs> would be just weird. bizarre. Um, it already is bizarre enough that we've, you know, brought that up. But I still stand by Blake is, uh, Blake is Eeyore. Yeah. Eeyore um so again there's a dragon <laughs> dragon and is trying to fucking kill everybody yeah and like they're in the alley and like tiff finds a way to like get away and i'm like cool they're gonna get on the roof now and then it's like i'm not gonna make it on the roof i'm like oh wow okay so what are you gonna do blake and he's like there's a vent and i'm gonna use this recycling bin and i was like cool okay i'm not sure if that's gonna work but okay and then it does not work um i don't know where you know it's big action it's really fast paced i wasn't entirely sure where everyone was during all of this but um you know blake and green eyes get blown apart by this like greek fire shit and it's really bad it Um, sucks and i'm really mad at myself that i haven't predicted that blake would be set on fire during this story because of course he'd be set on fire (laughs) story like of course he'd get fucking wings that are shit like i just why didn't I realize these things that Wildbo's been screaming at me would happen? <laughs> um, like, 
it's just constantly like, hey, you know, man, like, you should stay away from that fire because, like, you're made of dry wood. And, like, everyone says that to him. And, like, every other chapter, he's like, I really wish I could fly really bad. <laughs> and, like, you know, he made, he built his own body. He, what, he, okay, he should make a mermaid tail body and he and Green Eye should just go off. And, I mean, then he's probably not great with the dry wood. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to start getting, yeah. He can make, like, a sailboat body. So would he, would he, would he, he'd be a sailboat varnish or like to water seal. Yeah. That'd be great. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I need their aesthetics to match and it's not happening. (laughs) And Blake can change his body into whatever the fuck. So sailboat. I mean, I think within reason, because he had a hard time getting his wings. Sure. But maybe the abyss wouldn't care because it's better to be human than a sailboat. <laughs> that is a sentence that probably has never been said before. <laughs> but it's very true. It's so true. It is better to be human than a sailboat. Everyone just that that's what you're gonna pass on, Malia. <laughs> it's the big wisdom from today. Okay. Um but yeah, this I didn't realize that dragon fire would be like cool and it never goes out. At least it doesn't I mean I can't tell exactly how much it spreads because like presumably blake would have been like completely engulfed in flame if this stuff like spread well it seems mostly like through contact like you touch something and that thing is now burning and it will never stop except it's gotta stop right like like i don't see the end of the story being like i don't see the end of the story being and jacob's bell ended up in the abyss and i don't see it being and that one block was on fire for all eternity (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so epilogue it's like (laughs) five thousand years later so i just don't think that like people i think that some some big thing is gonna go have to put that fire out because like it just can't i don't know it's like the it's gonna it's gonna be that um door to hell place in turkmenistan what you never heard that place no really it's okay. So, <laughs> Turk, yeah, in Turkmenistan. It's uh, a <laughs> when when was that? Let me see. Um, in I think in the either in the sixties or the seventies something. Um, there's basically like a like a cave or something that they found had a bunch of gas, like natural gas, and they're like, oh, you know what? Well, to make it safe to go down, like we obviously need to get rid of this gas, so we're just gonna go ahead and like throw some fire down there. We'll burn it up. It'll burn up real quick. It's still burning. <laughs> That's the biggest waste of all time. Oh my god. That sucks. It sucks. It sucks. <clears throat> okay, this random thing in National Geographic, it says... Okay, it's a natural gas field. Um, it's said that a Soviet oil rig fell into the crater in 1971, and a geologist decided to get rid of the rig by setting the pit on fire, and the resulting gas-fed flames continue burning to this day. So, yeah. There Except, you go. like... In the middle of a relatively small town. Like, just sort of... <laughs> yeah, just, just, just in the middle of the town. Just... Hanging out. <laughs> just forever. <laughs> uh, it's so bad. But it's yeah, bad. so... Everyone's on fire. Everything's melting. And by everyone, I mean Blake and Green Eyes. And he's gonna be on some, like, guilt trip. Because he thinks about how, like... If she hadn't been on his back, then, like, his face might be on fire right now. That, like... You know, she prevented some of the fire from getting to him, so he'll probably feel guilty about that. 
Um, not that it was his fault. And they're both really worried about each other. And it's really sweet and really upsetting. And at one point, you straight up think that she fucking dies. And it's awful. And I was like, okay, it. this is packed. But Green Eyes is dead now. <laughs> like That's it. Yeah. That's it. And I'm happy that it's not it. Because that was... I mean, it was a very unexpected, shocking way for her to go if she were to just die in this chapter. But she didn't. She didn't. Um, <clears throat> Blake's right hand shatters during this part. And I had this whole thing where I was like, oh, is this like somehow a metaphor based on the tarot thing where like the fool is shattered, like the fool is no more. But like the high priestess is still there because he's, his left hand still works. And I'm like thinking about this and trying to come up with something. Like, as I'm kind of going through the chapter, and then, you know, in, like, a couple pages, minutes, however you measure this, he gets his whole fucking left arm chopped off. So it's like, okay, I don't know what that metaphor is, but probably nothing. (laughs) It's a nice try, though. Yeah, I mean, he probably specified it to make it, like, more real. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I could think about my right hand being shattered, and also, I don't know. I mean, you kind of have to pick a hand, right? If if you're going to pick a hand. It's going to be one of them, yeah. It's going to be right or left. And the right one where you can't grab people seems worse. Yeah, um, but at least sick. it wasn't chopped off, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh. It's just awful. Um, I mean, you can laugh. It's, it's okay. It's, I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, they're like, they're going. And Blake's like, it's so weird not feeling fear right now. And like, yeah. But also, like, shock's a thing. I don't know. Like, like I don't think it's entirely inhuman to be total adrenaline crisis mode, like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And then to, like, freak the fuck out later. The thing with Blake is he's presumably not going to freak the fuck out in the same way. Yeah, probably um, not. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Like, kind of, yeah. I mean, got to adjust to what's going on at the time. And then you, when things calm down, then you can uh, let everything catch it. Right. Exactly. Which is not fun. Yeah. Um, one thing that was also funny in this section is Evan's trying to like convince Blake to not die. And so he says, like, don't go into the light, Blake, or the dark, or wherever it is you're going. Like, acknowledging <laughs> that Blake might not go to the light because he's a boogeyman <laughs> <laughs> and a diabolist and shit. It was really good. Um, I was very into it. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't get it the first time I read it. I was kind of like, oh, he's just freaking out. And then the second time I was like, huh? <laughs> um but yeah so the one of the main ads cuts off blake's arm with a shovel and he's like green eyes green eyes save green eyes and he has this weird moment where he can't bring himself to say like my girlfriend (laughs) because i guess that's fair (laughs) but he's like it like save my friend that feels weird save my mermaid that feels weird i mean yes (laughs) what about save her save green eyes save my girlfriend um it's a bit presumptuous but she'd be happy she'd be happy i mean as she's like burning a lot yeah i don't know Um, she'd be so happy it would it would help take her pain away a little bit yeah but so they have this brief argument where they establish that like you know if a boogeyman is fucked up enough you might not be able to get them back um out of the abyss because they're like you can just summon her again like um which feels pretty fucking heartless like none of these people have to go back down there um and they point out, like, what if it just never stops burning? And maybe they, maybe they, maybe it's easier to think, like, oh, if they're from the abyss already, maybe it's not as bad for them. I don't know. Right, like they can handle it or whatever. And I mean, it is 
nicer knowing that maybe she like you can kind of do a reset but she in particular really really doesn't want to go back down there um so it felt more upsetting yeah yeah um but blake basically almost says like i will swear to fight you if you don't help her and she's like bitch don't say it because i will leave you here yeah (laughs) but then she helps by scraping half of green eyes's face off using a 12 year old's assistance and that was cool that's cool i mean you know (laughs) there wasn't anyone else standing around that could have helped i mean i feel like roxanne was fine with it which doesn't really make it okay but i don't know she seemed you have to pick a 12 year old to do it she's probably the best one she's probably the best one to do it Yeah. yeah um god it's just so it's so off like it's like this is good in that the part that's on fire is gone but she like lost half her face and her eye and i'm just it's it sucks does she have to change her name now green eye green eye (laughs) (laughs) where it's (sighs) but yeah and then and then after her face gets cut off blake's like well it didn't matter because her tail wasn't moving and so you're like oh she's dead and like blake thinks she's dead right and And he's like i will crawl to you and he does yes (laughs) and uh so it's yeah evan and the faceless woman are there which is sweet and she's alive she Um, cares about her vanity just and i thought the faceless woman like restyling her hair you know trying to like help her kind of cover it that was cute that was really sweet that was sweet um and i like that i think blake tried to stop her from like hiding her face or whatever out of like no it's fine or something Mm -hmm. i'm not entirely sure but he was worried the stitched or the faceless woman would like stitch her up somehow Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah i don't know they're i like them as friends they're fun they're great (laughs) they're awesome (laughs) well uh next uh tiff gives a lesson on dragons and then peter carries blake and dodges a giant woo um so peter says that blake is lighter than he looks um which has me worried about blake's self like we know he's made of dry wood and stuff but there's also like bones and well he's missing some now he is missing some but he's still lighter than he looks so like true um but yeah so now they get back into the video game argument um Evan helpfully points out to Blake that he only has one leg, so he can't go back and ask Jeremy for help. And sometimes it's like, Evan, you don't have to bring things up. Like, you just, you can just drop it. You don't have to say it, bro. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's got to say it. It's just who he is, you know? Blake, you only have one leg. Like, Blake didn't say I'll do it. Like, what are you doing? Like, just leave it. <laughs> uh, but I think the idea of dragons in the other verse are really, really cool. Um, yeah like i've never thought of a dragon this way or heard of a dragon being like this but the idea that they're recursive loops right so they feed into themselves so like a god that worships itself or an elemental that absorbs more than it puts out something Mm -hmm. that like continuously takes in more which allows it to get stronger which allows it to take in more um and then they just turn into like in this case like a crazy fire breathing machine uh and the idea that like a lot of dragons are reptilian because humans think about dinosaurs or something. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, like, given how at the beginning of Pale and Impact, it seemed like the conceit of the otherverse is this stuff all stems from humans, 
and mm-hmm. our thought and imagination and something, right? Like echoes are like intense human emotions and like these things are all kind of like concepts that we in some way shape and form. Mm-hmm. But then when Avery says that to the or suggests that to the page of sons, he's like, ugh, please. <laughs> and so I'm wondering if this is part of it that human conceptions about dinosaurs shape dragons or what um i am really interested in figuring out that relationship with the other verse because i think it's kind of a neat idea to be like these things that humans do and conceptualize and feel like amass into different stuff um but it's also cool thinking that humans literally aren't the center of everything so yeah i do like that i agree yeah um and then it's interesting because it's like okay how do you stop a dragon then and so it's not like you do the opposite like if you got a fire dragon you don't dump water on it or something like you have to out fire the fire dragon (laughs) um or you fight them in a battle like ye knights of old um which is what blake decides he sort of has to do which is fun um and then i liked that giants are like an endangered species um mm-hmm. that people are really emotional about and protective of <laughs> yeah. um because like i guess so giants can't breed and there's no one strong enough or something to make them anymore or something and so that's really fun and interesting um but like all endangered species have shit that they're in danger from and so johannes is a good sanctuary for this giant and his dragon um I thought it was interesting. I feel like Pale hasn't had quite as many standard fantasy stuff. Um, like this, like Pact has demons and Dionysus, and now like a dragon and a giant. And like it's neat to see these conceptions in the other verse. Um, just because like they seem much more rare and out of place to me after having read Pale. Um, because we haven't come across them at all, and so. And he, like, Wild Bo just is so creative and takes from so many different mythologies and things that I'd never really been exposed to that having, like, the basic tenets of my childhood show up is like, oh, weird, like, seeing how he treats a dragon. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, Blake's really concerned about innocence. And it, it seems like he's just really worried that they're all going to wake up and get the fuck out and then everything will be fucked yeah um it's funny at one point during the section it it seems like the giant moves i thought the giant was like moving the pickup truck back into place that maybe the giant is also somewhat aware of the you know thinking about it but then he just like lobs it at them and so that was really funny (laughs) um and i i wonder if blake is like the only person that's really concerned about the innocence thing um presumably the other people are you know alistair stop time to try to prevent things from getting so bad that the innocence would leave but um he seems to be thinking about it a lot when you know it seems like the priority is like survive which it is but yeah but yeah it's yeah it's concerning um and then yeah so the giant's there and it's throwing cars and blake's like yeah peter just leave me and peter's like great and just like (laughs) Uh, which i mean i'm not gonna lie it was almost surprising that peter carried him at all yeah so he's growing yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> um blake manages to escape into a store and he finally gets his chance to grow some wings and it takes a lot of fucking work after he argues 
with the abyss a lot. He goes back and forth and he makes a stupid promise. And makes a stupid promise, which is on brand. <laughs> he gets his, wing, his stupid fucking wings. <laughs> <laughs> they are useful though, but yeah, um, I mean, it's dream. So it's just the story of Blake. Like you made the decision you felt you had to in the moment, um, and it was a hard decision. And you gave a little bit of stuff up so that you could continue and survive and fight right now over and over and over and over and over until you're a person made out of dead wood who has a face and who has to physically hold his own fucking wings together so that they like at all work. (laughs) And I don't know. I mean, I guess like Blake is instrumental in saving these people over and over and over. Um, It seems like a really bad choice so far was to summon Corviday again. He really mm-hmm. shouldn't have done that. But most of this other stuff, it's like, well, you did make that dumb decision, but I guess it did allow you to get through that situation. Yeah. Um, <sighs> um, cause it's like, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what he should have done, what else he should have done in most of these situations, but yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, I don't know. It's hard to say what he should have done or what else. Yeah. But because he might not have survived if he didn't do some of that, but right, and he's trying to help these people, and yeah, yeah. he has a lot of very good intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Blake goes into another clothing store, and it made me wonder: like, is this the only type of clo- or store that Jacobsville has? Like, is it just a diner and ice cream shop and a shit ton of clothes stores? Because <laughs> I feel like this is the second, at least, clothing store he's like escaped into this uh night. Because I feel like with when Hilder was chasing them, he escaped into a clothes store. Um, and I guess two clothing stores isn't outrageous, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, too crazy. It's a lot of clothes stores. Yeah. Um, but yeah, luckily, the giant breaks some of the building, which provides dead wood for Blake. So his, he starts kind of reforming, um, and he runs off to a tree... Where he can get some good branches and stick himself together mm-hmm. and he's like well i'm at it what if i had wings <laughs> yeah. yeah two birds one stone huh <laughs> <laughs> and the abyss is like well you're at it why don't i make you suffer more um so he's like trying to put these wings together and he you know he's like oh they're like arms i studied birds a bit like you know, I got a the humerus and the, the elbow needs more strength and I'm there it's just gonna snap under its own weight. But also he still has like arms and most things don't have wings and arms, right? So he's trying to like f- not let them fuse together or something. And he's trying to make something that like functions at all. Yeah. Um and he's thinking about how designing things and being creative is something he's always really wanted, but he's never really had. And he can't even remember what sort of art he used to do. Like, he's not even sure about, like, any of that stuff. And then he realizes, like, I mean, I sort of interpret this as, like, maybe he was an artist. Like, maybe he did succeed. Um, <laughs> Like, Ambrose was actually a decent painter or whatever. Um, But Rose is the one who gets the artistic skills. Um, so, Like, just how Blake is the one who has the friends, right? Like, the friends were not Rose's friends. They were Blake fr- Blake's friends. Um. Mm-hmm. And, like, why give Blake the desire to create, but, and not to Rose? Um, Maybe some sort of, like, drive and passion that would help. Yeah. And 
I think I've already talked about this, but this really reminds me of that one Jimmy Neutron episode where Jimmy and Cindy switch bodies. And yeah, I forgot about that. So they can't just switch them back for some reason. They don't, they have to dump their entire personalities into this big vat, basically like, you know, digital vat, but still, and they have all these little, like, like little, little marbles, little bits of their personality. And at first it's kind of like, you know, really easy for them to sort through, but then it gets to things like the ability to whistle. And that's the one I always really remember. Um, And then the very last one is like hatred of boys who hate girls, who hate boys, who hate girls, who hate like, (laughs) and they just delete it. Um, And so that made me think of the things that like Ambrose lost when he was cut in half, which was funny. Um, But yeah, it just makes me really happy to think of like Blake and Rose as like, you know, uh, Sheen and Carl and Libby, was her name Libby? Trying to like sort them back and forth. Yeah, that's interesting. Who gets the ability to whistle? Um, hmm. yeah and or grandma rose sitting at that computer being like hmm. i feel like rose would get the ability but she never would want to she never <laughs> <did>. <laughs> like, she just really want to whistle and couldn't do it uh, everything sucks <laughs> um but yeah so he's he's really fighting he's really trying to make this work out uh he realizes that the wings start to be like bat wings and not bird wings uh and he's upset and he's finally like okay abyss like let me do this like let me fly like don't fucking do this don't like taunt me with these wings that don't work when i really want them to and you know show everyone that you're not as much of a dick as you seem to be like transform me turn this into change instead of just making my life suck Mm -hmm. and the abyss is like okay but it'll cost you your face (laughs) (laughs) deal and he's like how about instead of my face i'll just like give you a really good meal uh and so you know what does that mean what does that fucking mean like so presumably he's pledged a face (laughs) it's like it's so presumably he's pledged to send some amount of sentient beings to the abyss um i guess the abyss follows up more than just sentient beings but like does he have an idea in mind at this time of, or is he just like saying, okay, I'm going to go back. Like, what is it? He's, does he have an idea at this moment of who he will condemn to the abyss or what he will condemn to the abyss? Cause that sucks. And yeah. you know, I mean, may- maybe the abyss would have just taken his eyes straight up and he would have been blind or whatever. And so that wouldn't have been very helpful, but if he had gotten like sweet monster eyes, you know, like, all the other monsters were making fun of him for not being able to see shit. So could have gotten some cool monster eyes or when, when bat just get some echolocation, you know? Oh my God. He would have gotten that. Oh, that would have been awful. Been- <laughs> <laughs> Cause especially like, he's like, I'm going to take on this entirely new like way of moving and have to learn how to do it. So I don't die in the next minute and a half. Like, Okay, Mike. <laughs> learn how to learn how to do the clicks. <laughs> right, the clicks and flying. You know, you'd like that's too much. That'd be a lot. Like, come on, Abyss, what are you trying to do? All the specific, like trying to aim for the whatever that wouldn't have worked. Um, I'm glad that at this point it doesn't describe the like creeping fingered claw sensation. Also, like going down to his dick. Um, I don't remember if we determined that, that was still there or not, but. It seems yeah. like maybe not. 
Maybe not. Okay, TMI moving on. But yeah, so he, you know, his sweatshirt is consumed to help make up his wings. He puts the chain and barbed wire around his waist now. Uh, he's he's very different. Um, and I'm not sure how much of this does help his human side in terms of, like, I think it would, you know, really feed, like, self to fly and stuff. But there's also always that undercurrent of, like, I'm not really flying um, that might be eating at this man as he does dumb shit. Yeah. Really cool shit. But That's pretty awesome. Dumb shit. Pretty com- yeah. <sighs> All right. Well... Despite not having echolocation, Blake still performs some sweet aerial maneuvers. <laughs> he stabs the giant in the forehead and cripples the dragon. And then to no one's surprise, Blake starts falling apart. Um, so I have another fun match the characters from this movie to this book because uh, he, he talks about how like he can't take off, like he can't go up, but he can glide. And this reminded me of Buzz Lightyear, who doesn't fly he falls with style (laughs) um and so if blake is buzz he said i think blake is woody right because like blake is apparently everyone like like buzz is (sighs) i mean i guess blake's not blake is kind of whiny inside his head maybe he's not as whiny out loud he is pretty dramatic and likes to make speeches though like buzz is like really like put together in my opinion um and like so stubborn that he doesn't even consider that there are other possibilities other than the thing that he is doing. Mm. So Buzz is more like Alistair. Alistair's Buzz. Mm. <laughs> and Blake is Woody. Okay. And and Blake is actually made of wood, so that works. Uh-huh. And Evan is Bullseye. And I don't know. I was hoping you were gonna laugh more at that, but I guess I deserve that. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that good. <laughs> Uh, no, that was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you for the. <laughs> uh, okay, my brain was just in overtime trying to match characters. That's fine. I, I get it. It's hard to hard to match all this stuff together on the fly. Maybe like the Maynad are like the little green aliens. <laughs> wow, we're just like picking a bunch more and shit to compare people to today. You know the claw. Wow. All right. All right. I don't know who will be next, but so far, all the machines are at least animated. So, uh, okay. Anyway. Um. Yeah, Blake thinks, like, on the one hand, if I had accepted the seal, would I be fucked right now? Because I couldn't do these wings. And on the other hand, if I had accepted the seal, would I have even needed these wings? <laughs> like, would I have been more sturdy? Um. I kind of don't think so on the second one, just in terms of like, I'm not positive, but I think Green Eyes might be sworn to the seal. And she's, I mean, maybe not, but she also got set on fire. Like, I don't think there was a lot he could have done in terms of getting set on fire. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool how he uses the hot air. Uh, what are they called? Ben would know. But to like help him fly. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, I think... Turkey vultures or black vultures down near where I live really love to ride the um heat things. Fuck, what is it called? Bird ride current. Thermals. Ah, I see. Okay. Um, and that made me sort of happy thinking of Blake as a bird riding a thermal. Mm. Um, 
even though that's not really what's happening. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he's trying to get a hang of it. He's trying to learn how to do it. And Evan luckily comes and helps him. Um, Evan, who is at first completely ecstatic about Blake being able to fly and how much fun it's going to be. And then when Blake decides to like, you know, plunge into the flames, <laughs> Evan realizes that this is in fact a bad idea. <laughs> and I love how he says, you're going to be so hard to keep alive now. <laughs> Um, and it's just insane that, like, he has to hold his fucking wing with his arm so that it works at all. Like, the abyss fucked you over, man. Yeah. Um, like, you're just being taunted this whole time. Um, it's stupid promises. So dumb. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised he stabs the hyena in the forehead. The hyena, not the hyena, the giant. The giant doesn't seem to care much at the moment, but it's probably not going to be great. It's going to have a bad headache. Yeah, and someone's probably going to be mad at Blake. Probably. <laughs> Apparently. And he hurts the dragon. It was an interesting, like, this made Blake seem like a crazy badass, but also, like, not even Blake could actually defeat this, like, these two. Um, Just enough so that they're like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. Um, This isn't really their fight. This isn't worth it. So um, it was very impressive while not being completely unrealistic based on Tiffany being like, you have to be a god. Um, although the second time I was reading it, I was like, oh, fuck, is like Molly going to show up now and be like, you rang? <laughs> I know. Oh, Molly. Oh, that would be interesting. But um. Um, one of my favorite parts, actually, of this little section uh, was that the giant does like a cheerleading move to like, like <laughs> throw the dragon into the air. That was really fun. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> wee! Um, heave the dragon into the air, I think is the word I wanted. Um, and I thought that was cute. And he catches it. It was great. He's great. <laughs> oh, man. I know. I've just, just when Blake first, like, decided to try to run and jump, you could just see him, like, if it didn't work, like, running and jumping just straight into the fire. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, well, um, anyway, we're, <laughs> we're in our pale comparison section. So um, <laughs> we're going to talk about what in this uh, chapter are these two chapters compared to pale. Um, it looks like you want to talk about. Avery being a lightweight. Yeah, no, so there were just two different moments that reminded me of stuff. So one of them is um, Avery um, being really physically light after she uh, doesn't die. Um, I don't remember who says it, maybe her dad or something, but he like picks her up and says like, oh, like, you know, you're a lot lighter than you look or something like that. And that's like what Peter says to Blake. Um, and it's having read that chapter relatively recently that made me realize that it might be more than just Blake is a dead tree um, and might be more like, Oh, Blake is losing a bunch of his connections. Like Blake is losing a bunch of his self. Like Blake is not as tethered to this place, um, mm. which is worrying. And then the other thing was the giant reaching its hand into the clothing store uh, made me think of um, Nicolette reaching her doll hand into the forest ribbon trail and snatching snowdrop. Oh yeah uh just similar vibes and yeah interesting yeah um i didn't think about that but i can see that yeah i don't know something about the second read through i was like oh yeah snatch hmm. that's cool all right well we're, okay so we're coming to malia's bold and specific prediction section i just have to say malia sorry this is unfair because she didn't put a fucking prediction down <laughs> you put a bunch of fucking questions for me 
but I don't fucking remember this shit because <laughs> it's been, like not even this these chapters. It was like wanted to make some notes and questions as I'm listening to our old episodes. So Malia, well, you probably also shouldn't answer most of these if you remember. Perfect. I didn't read the questions yet, to be fair, but I just principled. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably won't answer them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the yes. the thing. Well, one thing was why didn't Molly try to fuck up the agreement between Blake and the Bahames again? Because like she, you know, Alistair got stabbed the first time they tried it, and then the second time it was like, "Cool, you're gonna split up, and you're gonna do this and this, and cool." And maybe they like didn't literally shake hands, but they are like working in tandem. And Molly mm. didn't appear to be like, fuck you <laughs> again. Uh, the other good. thing is, <laughs> why did Laird try and succeed in locking Blake out of Hillsglade House in arc three? Like, how does that relate to capital T, capital P, the plan? Right? Like, how does Laird creating a magic time bubble around Blake's house serve whatever the fuck grandma rose wants like is it tangential does it serve it is it somehow contradictory toward it like laird seems like such an antagonist at the very beginning of this um story Mm -hmm. and i don't think he's like helping blake necessarily most of the time but i i still i don't really think that like grandma rose wants her grandchildren to all suffer and die horribly or something uh maybe she does uh but it seems like there's like some sort of plan and how did laird's actions contribute to the plan these are thoughts okay all all good thoughts (laughs) all to try to distract us from what your actual fucking prediction is (laughs) uh well i already said that they'd somehow put the dragon fire out but that's not that exciting um um ooh. This probably won't happen, but someone is going to get captured in Mara's shackles, either Tiff or Roxanne. Ooh. All right. That's a good one. I keep thinking horrible things are going to happen to Tiffany. I don't know why. I just say I love her. (laughs) (laughs) You love her. And so it's just an assumption. She probably will suffer horribly. Yeah. Suffer terribly. All right. Well, on that note, um, thanks. All right. So I honestly forgot what our previous discussion question was, but we have it written down and it was kind of fun. So our previous discussion question from like a month ago was if you were going to make an otherverse Transformers movie, who would be great Transformers? Which I have, I don't remember why the heck we asked that, but who knows? I think it was because of the art contest, which thanks everyone for doing the art contest. Sorry well, we haven't thanks. been around. Yay. Thanks guys. <laughs> um sorry we have a good excuse um so um captain rhino starts off uh saying avery would transform transform into a sporty four by four that actually does function very well off-road unlike some modern sporty four by fours um they say when i were a lad i loved going to the mobile library that would park up outside our school every other week they had a fantastic collection of tintin and asterix comic books mm-hmm. rona would transform into a magical mobile library <laughs> he would have a threefold transformation into something like a lotus elise sports car except it's a james bond car with hidden anti-tank guns or something um number two a mad max car covered in weapons or number three a canadian army lav6 infantry fighting vehicle um apparently that's an inter- 
let's see, infantry fighting vehicles, a category of military vehicle, which can both transport soldiers into battle, is sufficiently well armed that it can provide offensive fire support as well. Cool. Well thought out. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, David L. Hunt says that Bree would transform into an industrial grade shredder slash wood chipper, which that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) I love it. Um, Last but not least, the leg tall says, I'm going to go the other direction. I want to see the robot form of Clem's murder truck. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be a good villain. Yeah. But like with Clem, they're being like, it's okay. Like, Hush, hush. (laughs) You're fine. You're a good villain. Like, (laughs) under control now. (laughs) All right. Okay, guys. This week's discussion question. Design a dragon in the otherverse. What is its origin and what is its element? Yeah. Sweet. I like it. I'm excited. I'm super stoked. (laughs) Like a dragon of excitement. Which probably doesn't work like that. But just keeps going. I wonder if, like, I don't really know enough about sound and tech but some sort of like feedback loop with a like mic and a speaker you know i wonder what that would do could be some wild stuff (laughs) that would you would not be able to have uh, earplugs good enough no no (laughs) anyway uh thanks for listening everybody if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please subscribe share it with your friends and leave a rating and review to support our podcast go to patreon.com slash doofmedia and if you'd like to support Wildbo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 14.5 and 14.6. And we wanted to tell you guys, um, there is a new Wild Bow podcast out. Woo! Twigging on Twig. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but Malia has. I have, yeah. I actually um, passed them uh, by several arcs. (laughs) And I've um, kind of taken a little break. letting them catch up a little bit, but it's Beleg Tall and Tommy B from the Discord. Um what? and they're great. Um I feel like the spectrum of Wild Bow podcasts that are currently out is like they're on the one far end and Jenny and I are on the other. Where like you come to us for like just weird shit and like weird tangents and like <laughs> funny <laughs> jokes. And then you go to them for like really insight insightful and detailed analysis where they're like telling me about the meaning of like words and how Wildbo probably used that to like play off of whatever and like they're like telling me about like Mary Wollstonecraft and like all this shit and so it's awesome um because then and then Ruben and Elliot are like in the middle where they like make funny jokes but they like you know look things up so a whole spectrum (laughs) yeah and it's a it's a really fun awesome perspective that um i'm really enjoying i um also i asked them to make a uh leaf or plant related pun every episode so (laughs) how's that been going it's been going really good yes (laughs) i like i've liked them all um (laughs) i think they're doing like an every other week release schedule to try to like ease people in 
uh, and also ease themselves in. Um, and it's been great. Twig's great. It's a wild bow story. Just do it. Uh, the description of everyone's a bone saw is like from worm is somewhat apt, but like a lot of people can do things that bone saw can do, but they're not all like evil psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some are. So some are. Also, it's a period piece, which I didn't realize, but that's fun too. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Anyway, twigging on twig. Check it out. Check 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 it out. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. This week's fun fact. Um, there's a bunch of eggs painted with clown makeup um, in England. And the reason. <laughs> so, um, apparently since 1946, um, many clowns have recorded their makeup by having it painted on eggs that are kept in a central registry in Wookiee Hole, England. It's a tradition which still continues today. Um, it's been referred to as a form of an informal copyright registration and a means of protecting clowns' property. So basically, like, if you're a really well-known cra- clown and you don't want anybody else to, like, steal your makeup, go ahead and get paint on the egg. That's awesome. Um, I have a lot of questions. Are they hard-boiled or, like, wooden? <laughs> I think when I... Uh, I, I don't have the link with me anymore, but I want to say they're blown out. So that's just yeah um also this sounds a lot like trademark which um it's probably what they're going for especially if you don't want people to think that like you don't want people to impersonate you uh which mm-hmm. is like a copyright trademark it's a whole thing yeah yeah it sounds like that i guess it's not like a formal copyright one. in sort of like the artistic expression trademark in the uh people use it to identify you oh Interesting. So it's kind of both, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's wild. That makes me really happy. I hope oh, they're well, all okay. I hope all the clowns or all the eggs are okay. Both. <laughs> I'm sure they're fine. I mean, they keep them in a in a register. Oh, how different do they have to be? Um, I mean, at least like relatively. I mean, they have to be distinct. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a. Uh, let me see. Like they, because they they have like um, or this one picture I'm looking at. They have the eggs, and they have. Um, oh, it looks like they even have like collars, bow ties, wigs, and miniature hats made from the clown's actual costume material. With, like a little name tag with like the clown name. That's so cute. It's pretty cute. It's pretty darn cute. So, do they have to go and look at like every fucking egg to be able to be like, okay, I'm good? <laughs> How many eggs are there? <laughs> Let me see. Okay, so so this one, this article says um, the tradition began in 1946 when Stan Bolt, a member of the then International Circus Clowns Club, now called Clowns International, began painting the faces of prominent circus clowns on empty chicken eggs as a hobby. He kept his collection at home, occasionally loaned it out for shows. He created about 200 eggs during his lifetime. Unfortunately, most of them were destroyed in an accident when he was lent out for exhibition in the 1960s. But no. practice of I know <laughs> the practice of painting clowns' faces on eggs was resurrected in the late 1980s, but this time it became a kind of informal registry, um, so that members could avoid copying one another. So clowns applied for clown eggs, and after Clowns International screened the applicant, a professional artist would paint the faces on ceramic eggs. 
So only those working clowns with developed visual identities are allowed to have their faces painted on eggs. So new clowns, young children, and non-performers don't get eggs. Wow. <laughs> so, um, okay, so I guess there's a couple locations around the world. So in the UK, there are two locations, one in Wookiee Hole um, and the other at Holy Trinity Church in Dalston. So huh. um, it has like 200 something um, at Wookiee Hole, at least. Um, it doesn't say how much has the other one. Um, Amer- an American couple created the U.S. collection in 1979, which contains over 700 hand-painted eggs. And Damn. apparently the U.S. one's in storage right now, not visible. The U.K. collection is visible hmm. in, like, a collection. So, interesting. They've got some, like, pretty well-painted, like, eggs. Like, legit look like little mini people. So, I'm gonna send you a link, Malia. Just so you can look at it on your free time, but it's kind of interesting. Um, props to the artist because wow, yeah, the- okay, dang, those are a lot better than I thought they'd be. Right? It's like a face. Right. And if you scroll down even more, it's you can see it them in more detail, and they're even better. Are some of the ones with noses like glued on little noses? Because that's super cute. I'm assuming so. Yeah, because they glue on the the little hair and little bow ties and stuff too so, so yeah I think so. if you're afraid of clowns i guess don't look at these but honestly these they're really cute honestly, it's pretty cute they're like just little egg but right yeah, clowns is probably they're a bunch of scary eggs which maybe that fits into the podcast because it's a spooky book i never thought about how much variation there is in clown makeup me neither that one in the middle kind of looks like voldemort has <laughs> <laughs> no nose I mean, it also has green hair. So oh my god, it does look like Voldemort. What's its name? <laughs> Francois Fratellini. Sorry, oh, there's Claire. four Fratellinis. Albert, Francois, Paul, and Annie are all Fratellinis. That's amazing. I'm assuming that's their clown name. Do they use their real name? You know, I'm not going to lie. Looking at a picture of the guy, I feel like... <sighs> it doesn't look like him? Well, you know, some of them kind of do. Why, man? Why do you? Okay, that guy has a creepy. That that guy's. That's a creepy clown makeup. Like why? Fratellini. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Here, Malia, look at this one. Oh, this no. is a black and white one. But oh wow! <laughs> like what the fuck, dude? Why did you? The pick eyebrows that are fun, but yeah. I mean, some of them look a little bit nicer than that, but like I don't know. Just like it's just creepy. The nose slits. Anyway. Yeah. Well, well on that note. <laughs> 